0: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey.
1: All right, good afternoon, everybody. Game day as we get ready for the Sharks and the Rangers tonight from SAP Center. The San Jose Sharks enter today 20 wins, 16 losses, one overtime loss, 41 points on the year. They currently sit at fourth in the Pacific Division, tied with third place Los Angeles four points behind second-place Anaheim, and seven points behind first-place Las Vegas. When we look at the wild-card race, right now we do see that Minnesota is in the lead, 44 points, San Jose has 41. So the Sharks sitting pretty right now, relatively speaking, and again, it's a theme I keep on going back to when compared to last year. Are the Sharks better from one game, one week, one month to the next? I think overall the answer is yes, even if the record is not always better one month to the next. But I think the showing the team is putting out there on the ice puts them at a more likely position to win if, and only if, as we've seen Pittsburgh and Detroit prove in recent memory, they stick to their defense first mentality. And if they play that more conservative style of game and make sure they don't make the mistakes, hold on to the puck, put things out on the boards and play the chip and chase style that they've been very, very good at when executing properly, they can play with just about anyone. But today is another very, very big challenge for San Jose. They take on the Rangers again, currently sitting at 2nd in the East in the Metro Division, I should say. 37 games played, 23-10-4 with 50 points. When we look at the overall Eastern Conference, the Rangers are fourth. They are a very, very good team at home, 10-3-2, and, and pretty darn good on the road as well, 13-7-2. They haven't been as hot over their last 10, 5-4-1, and, and they are coming off of a loss. But you know, the thing that struck me the most when we saw them play in New York a couple of months ago was that the Sharks played a really, really good game. If you only give up one goal and they lost by a final, one to nothing. I mean, you feel like you should win that game, or you feel like you should get a point and send it to overtime at the very least. So I would hope that the Sharks can continue a revenge tour that they sort of had the other night against Detroit. Detroit took it to them in their own house, or in Detroit's house, just over a week ago. The Sharks on Tuesday night were able to come back with a much cleaner performance and cleanliness for the San Jose Sharks in terms of the results they get. In my opinion, it feels like they go hand in hand because when the Sharks Make these simple passes when they keep the puck to the outside on defense. Don't let teams get in front of their net when they play with a more physical nature. And I don't just mean seeing VL or Middleton or whoever it's going to be go out and start a fight. I mean going out and making hits and being the more aggressive team. And that's one of the things that I think has been more fun to watch this year is when the Sharks, you know, even in that last game where they fell behind and had to, you know, come with a bit of a rally, they still had more than enough of the physicality that they needed. Even though it was a 2-1 game and they were down, they had been the first team to go up. Suddenly they get that quick equalizer from VL. It's a 2-2 game and you go into overtime and you get the big win from Logan Couture, uh, you know, down on his belly, just shoving that puck into the back of the net because who wanted it more in that instance? In my opinion, it was Logan Couture. It wasn't just that maybe he was able to keep his stick underneath the goalies, but he was able to fight for it. He was more aggressive and I feel that in sports, uh, aggression is rewarded. And so I think if the Sharks come forward with that physical play, it will allow them to have the success that they want. But the other thing that I noticed is that, and I, you know, this is not breaking any news, but the Sharks are a front running team. They're better when they score first and get out early. But I think also that even when they got up in the last game, it was a really nice transition from being just a little bit cautious to just a little bit more aggressive. You saw Eric Carlson try and make a couple of those you know, stretch passes and go right up the middle, and yeah, a couple of them went for icing. And at least one I can think of off the top of my head, but the Sharks made a couple of other uh, aggressive plays that didn't pay off. But that's how it should be. When you get that lead, you do, of course, do not want to abandon what got you there, but I feel like you should also be willing to try a little bit more because the opposition's already chasing the game at that point, especially when they're on the road. You want to try and put them at a disadvantage. Make them make a play. Make them make a stop. And so I think that the Sharks can find that happy medium because the goal they gave up to make it a 1-1 and 2-1 games, neither of them were terrible. You know, one of them was a 5-on-3 situation and that happens. And I think the second goal, Hill, would be... Probably admit that he wants that one back, but again, if you're only giving up two goals, another indication that things are going well for your team, another indication that you should walk away with a win, which takes me back to that game against the Rangers, You give up one, you should, you should at least get a point. About 95% of my body wants to say that you should win that game, but the other 5%, the more realistic part of my brain, it's small, but it's there, says, okay, get a point, do that at the very, very least. And the Sharks weren't able to do that last time. I'd love it if the Sharks had another point right now. They'd be sitting above L.A. in the standings, which, I mean, come on, who doesn't want to see that? So, if the Sharks play their game almost as well as they did the last time against New York, I think they've got a really good shot. And I think that another factor here is that it is going to be at home this time. You do have Logan Couture out there, and he'll have another game under his belt since coming back from COVID. Last game was the first, I, I thought he looked good. He talked about how he got tired or his legs were a little slow and then he felt pretty good. But then, you know, it's it's his first game back after sitting in a hotel room for a week. But you would hope that with his return, with Benino coming back to the lineup, even though they are going to try and manage his minutes in a more conservative fashion, with Balsers returning to the lineup, that you can get a little bit more of that offense going. And actually, who I'll tell you I'm looking at to have a big game tonight is Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, I think he's been a little quiet as of late. And I think that he's on you know, he's, he's due. I know he was dealing with an upper body injury. We don't have the full extent of what that was, but I do think that he is due to have a pretty good game here tonight. Now, one of the other things we've seen so consistently from the Sharks this year is the fact that, that we've watched Ryan Merkley uh, play very, very well. And I think that that's great that he's being rewarded because there was a while where everybody was down on Ryan Merkley. They didn't really know if he was worth the first round selection in 2018. And last year, I guess he wasn't in as good enough shape as he wanted to be. And he pretty much owned it and said that when they were staying at the hotels with the COVID restrictions, that he was doing too much DoorDash with hey You know, that's one of the most relatable things that I can feel to a professional athlete. Um, But I, I thought it was interesting to hear what Bob Bugner had to say at morning skate today with regard uh, to what's going on with the defense right now.
0: Um, as of right now no, I like the way they played and, and I know we have healthy guys that are that are ready to jump back in but uh, I don't want to change too much. I like what Megs is bringing us. I like what Merckx is bringing us and uh, you know and it's uh, unfortunate for the other guys that want to play and are ready to play but uh, um, you know it's a coach's decision. I like our lineup and I like how uh, you know the 20 guys are playing together.
1: And it was also asked where does that leave Redeem Shimek, who had been playing well, but of course was dealing with injury?
0: Yeah, I haven't uh, uh, discussed that with him yet. I will be uh, after this, uh, um, you know, after this uh, pressure here. But, uh, You know, I think guys realize uh, it's an inner competition and, uh, you you know, and and some guys get hurt at the wrong times and other guys take advantage of their opportunity and, you know, he'll get back in there. It's just uh, this is a game to game thing here. And um, and I think that sort of atmosphere pushes everybody who's playing that night to really, uh, um, you know, to perform or they know someone else is waiting to take that spot. So um, I don't mind the, uh, uh, you know, the challenge
1: you don't mind the challenge, you don't mind the competition, and you like to know that the guys who you did put a a large investment in with a first-round draft pick are living up to that potential. And I thought that Bugner also had some interesting thoughts with how working with Mark Edward Vlasic can help a young player like Orion Merkley.
0: Well, I think the experience is uh, invaluable. I think that, uh, um, you know, I think that either guy playing with a guy like Merkley. Um, and you know, and I know this from my own career. I mean, I, I love playing with a, a guy on my left side who was, who was an offensive guy and a puck mover, it made my life a lot easier. So getting that puck over to Merk's, um, uh, you know, helping him out defensively, talking to him in between shifts about positioning and, you know, um, and, 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 you know, mostly D zone things, I think, uh, um, it could be very helpful.
1: I can't imagine any athlete wants to feel like the young guns are coming up and they are towards the tail end of their career, but I don't know how long Mark Edward Vlasic is going to be in the NHL. He's been around forever, it feels like, and I think he's got a lot of game left, but I think the fact of imparting everything that he's learned up to this point with these younger players, whether it's Shimek, whether it's Merkley, learning from a Mark Edward Vlasic is only going to help the Sharks going forward. You think about all that Vlasic has done for the San Jose Sharks, and if he can teach these younger guys everything that he knows, especially about defensive positioning, especially about reading the offense, you know, that's going to help the Sharks take that leap from being a quote unquote reset team, which is where they have been, to being not just a team right now that's on the bubble for the playoffs, but maybe a team that can take that next step and challenge some of the other teams in the upper part of the division because they're not that far out right now. I mean, like, like I led with earlier uh, when speaking about the division race right now, the Sharks are only four points out of second place in the division. And if you think about the fact that they're chasing Anaheim, I mean, think about how bad Anaheim has been, and then quickly they turn things around this year, and they're right up there, only three points back of Vegas. Now, things are changing for Vegas with the impending return of Jack Eichel. However, the Sharks, the Kings, and Anaheim, the three California teams, the teams that were supposed to be at the bottom of the division, they're occupying respectively the two, three, and four spots. In the division, So don't sleep on California hockey, A, and B, don't overlook how quickly a turnaround could occur. And personally, I want the California hockey battle to be front and center again, because if you go back, you know, a little over a half decade ago, and the Kings and the Sharks and the Ducks were three of the premier teams in the Western Conference and would just beat the ever living crap out of each other in every single game. I mean, that was epic. It made for incredible playoff series. It made for incredible regular season games. It made for incredible drama. It made for incredible rivalry. And I feel like the rivalry between the Ducks and the Kings has taken a knock the last couple of years because the Sharks and Vegas have been front and center, but there's no better time for rivalry to be renewed than right now. And the Sharks are looking at a schedule that in the not-too-distant future does have them taking on L.A. That's right, on uh, excuse me Monday afternoon tilt, they are taking on the Kings, so I'm stoked for that one. But obviously, don't want to get ahead of yourselves. You got two big games before then tonight against the Rangers, and of course, Saturday against Pittsburgh. Like I alluded to earlier, a big help for the Sharks heading into this game is going to be uh, the potential return of Nick Bonino. He has cleared the protocol. It sounds like he is going to play tonight, but that they are going to take care of his minutes.
0: Yeah, I had that conversation with him yesterday. Um, you know, again, if it was a younger guy, it probably uh, uh, side on the uh, air on the side of, of not playing him. But, uh, you know, he knows he knows his game and um, knows how to manage his game pretty well. So and, and I can help him out in that department. But, uh, um, you know, at this time of year, it's, uh, uh, you know, with the points are so important, especially home games uh, playing in a tough opponent. Um, he's, he's such an important player for us in, in all areas.
1: Yeah, of course, Bones is part of that identity line, which has been so big for the Sharks up to this point of the year. And of course, you know, you could tell the team has been missing him as of late. But the interesting thing to note is that the Sharks have been able to repeat this performance of playing the sound hockey, of not making the big mistake, of making the simple plays. Obviously, you know, it's the classic, you know, saying of keep it simple, stupid. That's exactly what the Sharks have been doing. And it's led to three consecutive 3-2 wins.
0: Well, I think it started in and with the changing of how we play. Um, you know, I think uh, we've talked about this many a times of uh, I think last year uh, we blew the zone a little too much. We we're flipping too many pucks out and, you know, we we're looking to get behind other teams, which was great if it worked. But if it didn't work, um, you know, you had offensive players hanging outside the blue line. Now, if we make a mistake or there's a turnover, you um, you know, or, if, you know, if things don't go right we flip possession, we got five guys all connected and tight. And I think that helping us. I think, uh, you know, we're uh, um, we're, we're tight around our net. And I think we, uh, you know, with the, with the with the culture and I think the identity we created here, I mean, guys are fighting hard to block shots for each other. Guys are, uh, um, you know, more physical in the D zone. I think uh, all those things add up to just playing better defense.
1: And then on the offensive side of things, Rudolph's balsers will be returning to the lineup and that'll be another boost for the Sharks offense, which has been, um, well, you know, goals have not been easy for this team this year. And when they are playing this defense first style, you need all the offensive help you can get. And I think the reinsertion of balsers into the lineup for the Sharks is going to do wonders for them. This was what Bob had to say at morning skate.
0: Yeah, he's uh, had a good practice yesterday and feels ready to play.
1: Now, at the time of this recording, the all-star roster has not yet been revealed, but there are a lot of people, myself included, that feel that Timo Meyer has a very, very good argument to make about why he should be an all-star this year. And I, I would love to see him get that honor because I think he's having a fantastic year so far. This is what Bugner weighed in on.
0: Yeah, I think he deserves it. Uh, you know, we we you know this could be a, a case that you could fight for a guy like Tommy Hurdle, who's got 20 goals, or Cooch... You know, he's always uh, um, our, our most consistent player on most nights, uh, you know, and even on the back end with Burns and Carly, but Timo has been, uh, uh, Timo has been really one of our best players night in, night out. And I think he deserves it. I think he's a guy that, uh, what I love to see and I've said this many a times, I love that he's getting paid off offensively because the other things he's doing um, consistently on a night, night to night basis of playing hard and tracking and you know, playing hard defense and um, you know managing his turnovers—all those things that I've been trying to get him to do—I think has actually helped him offensively. So um, when someone gets paid off for like, like that and buys in and, and has success, I couldn't be happier for him. He deserves it, and he—you uh, know—and that's not to talk about everything else he's done. I mean, he's—he's he's come in and he's a different guy in our dressing room. He's—he's uh, um, he's showing a lot of uh, leadership this year, um, not just on the ice but off the ice. So. Um, you know, I hope uh, I hope he gets there because uh, yeah, he is he's been our MVP.
1: Really cool praise there from Bugner, and it really does show you a little bit behind the curtain of why he is such a a player's coach, and why I think the Sharks are maybe playing a little bit above their head up to this point of the season, and not that there's anything to. Say that the Sharks shouldn't be this good up to this point of the year, but it was no guarantee either. So for them to be playing this relatively well and a little bit out of their expectations is a is a testament to what bugner has been doing. But it also with Timo Meyer in particular, you have to look back to last year, and you know, the word was that they had a pretty serious meeting with Timo and told him that he needed to get right in the offseason, that he needed to refine his game, that he needed to come in ready to go. And true to form, Timo did just that and he has been the Sharks MVP like you just heard Bugner say so again very impressive to watch what Timo's been able to to do very impressive to watch Bob inspire his team and the individual players now as for Timo and his reaction to the all-star stuff
2: yeah I haven't really thought too much about but uh, you know every time you know something like that obviously real special so yeah you know if it uh, if it happens uh, pretty cool but if not you know it's not gonna affect me too much. I think uh, the, the main focus on the, the team, uh, you want to perform for the team and then help the team be successful. So uh, we got a big game tonight, and that's uh, you know all I'm focused about.
1: Yeah, Meyer is locked in right now. There's no doubting it. And I thought that it was an interesting response because he was asked if he was having more fun compared to last year. And I think Timo seemed a little bit miffed by the question because I think his point was like, yeah, I was not playing as well last year, but I'm never not having fun when I'm on the ice.
2: Well, it's it's more fun when you're winning, that's for sure. But you know, we all love the game of hockey, and uh, you know, I, I like coming in. Uh, you know, even even if it's not going well, I think it's always uh, a motivation to get better. And uh, you know, if you're having success, you gotta continue to put in the work and 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 you know get better uh, as a team and individually. So uh, it's a process, and and you gotta enjoy the pro- the process. Uh, you know, ups and downs. I think it's. Uh, You know, we all do it uh, for the love of the game.
1: And I know that some cynics, of which I have been accused of being myself, but they might hear talk of the love of the game and roll an eye or whatever it's going to be. But, you know, I think we've watched Timo Meyer move beyond being a phenom because, you know, in 2018, 2019, everything was coming very, very easily to him. And he had... A little bit more of a setback in 2019-2020 before the pandemic because he wasn't quite as good, but the team was in a transitional phase. They had let go of Pete DeBoer. They were not performing up to snuff. You bring in um, Bob Bugner and you're trying to learn a new system. And then 2021, you know, he had a big drop-off compared to the relative rate of production we had seen him have in the two seasons before that. And this was the first real you know, adversity that Timo had faced. And for him to have that quote-unquote come-to-Jesus meeting with Bugner and the Sharks at the end of the year, you know, that that can that can have an effect on players, especially young players. But instead of taking it as a, a criticism, you know, Timo took it as a challenge and he's responded. And not every player is going to be like that. I mean, a lot of guys, if you call out something about their game, if you point out something they, they kind of go into a shell. They might not be the same player that they were before. So you have to walk things very, very delicately. And that's why I think it's so important with what Bob Bugner's been able to do this year is that he sees exactly where players are and he knows when and how to push those buttons. I mean, he didn't have Timo out on an overtime a couple games ago that the Sharks were able to win. You know, that's a bold move, A, because Timo's one of your best players, but Bugner was like, I need to piss him off because he hasn't been playing as well as I need him to be playing, or he's making a mistake that I can't have him making. And true to form, Timo has reacted since then. So you watch Timo make these adjustments, you watch him make these improvements, as I think he's really just starting to scratch the surface of the type of player he can be. I think the sky is the limit with Timo Meyer, and I think we're seeing more and more of what that is. And You know, I think of what he's been up to this point this year, I think he's only going to continue to get better. But that wraps it up for this edition of The Buildup. Be sure to join us at 7 o'clock for pregame coverage, and then the game starts at 7.30 against the Rangers right here on the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.